EU Futures Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University. Welcome to the EU Futures Podcast, exploring the emerging future in Europe. I'm Olya Jordanian, an outreach coordinator at BU Center for the Study of Europe. Today is April 11th, and I talk to a distinguished Spanish politician, Joaquin Almunia, who was a vice president of the European Commission from 2009 to 2014. Joaquin Almunia is a visiting professor of practice in the London School of Economics and Political Science and a visiting professor at Sciences Po of Paris. Okay, I'm Joaquin Almunia from Spain. I was uh, in government in Spain for nine years and 25 years in the Spanish Parliament. And in 2004, I became a member of the European Commission, first of all, as a Commissioner for Economic and Monetary Affairs, under the, the end of the Prodi Commission and the whole Barroso One Commission. And in February 2010, Jose Manuel Barroso moved my responsibilities towards the portfolio of competition. So I've been there as Vice President of the Commission and Commissioner for Competition until February, 20, uh, excuse me, until October 2014. Now I am uh, living back in Spain. I give conferences, speeches, I'm a member of uh, some boards of uh, European think tanks, uh, Center for European Reform, uh, Friends of Europe, uh, Center for European Policy Studies, uh, Institut Jacques Delors, And I am also visiting professor in practice at the London School of Economics and also visiting professor at the Sciences Po in Paris at the PSIA, is a School of International Affairs of uh, Sciences Po. Sounds mm. great. Um, mm. How do you see where the European Union is going in terms of its governance? Well, there are a lot of problems not only governance problems, that indeed there are. There are uh, indeed uh, governance problems, as it uh, was the case in the past. But on top of this, the most important thing are the substantial problems. Uh, now, at the European Union, uh, we have uh, a very, very serious and dramatic uh, refugees crisis with uh, a lot of difficulties to uh, receive these refugees, to provide them with asylum rights, to relocate them in the different countries in Europe. And uh, beyond the EU borders, uh, the European Union is not able to uh, intervene in a decisive way to stop the conflict in Syria, to send to all the region messages for peace and for uh, stable uh, situations, to be influent uh, there, and to establish good relations with our neighborhood that are the first receivers of refugees and uh, uh, people looking for a permanent or a transitional uh, settlement until the problems in their countries uh, are solved. This uh, does not mean that the economic crisis is finished in Europe because the uh, economic crisis is still there, in particular in the weakest uh, economies in the European Union, uh, Greece, uh, of course, but not only Greece, all the peripheral countries in Europe have uh, problems as a consequence of the economic crisis, social problems, uh, growing inequalities, high levels of unemployment, and uh, the uh, strategies set forth uh, by the European governments and the European institutions at the beginning of the crisis are providing some results, are delivering some good outcomes, but uh, still a lot of things uh, has to be done. 
And uh, now, uh, even with these uh, serious problems from the social point of view, from the economic point of view, the priority is uh, on the refugees uh, question, and the economic solutions are waiting, uh, are uh, pending for serious discussion, strategic discussions. And on top of this, in the short term, we have a British referendum. The, the British uh, will vote at the end of June uh, if they want to remain or to leave the EU. I hope they will remain, but in any case, this creates uh, tensions not only in the UK, but also in other countries with uh, some relevant uh, Eurosceptic voices or clearly anti-European voices. Uh, populisms in Europe are growing as a consequence of the crisis, and, but uh, also as a consequence of the lack of understanding of the present times and on the, on the real challenges of this uh, century. And uh, these populists uh, are uh, trying to take advantage of the British discussion to import in other countries uh, the tensions uh, that the UK, uh, of, I hope, will solve with a yes in a referendum at the end of June. No, of course it is not a perfect agreement. Uh, it's, a, it's a deal that was uh, uh, adopted in the last minute, in the 11th hour, because uh, the European borders cannot be put under control and because the uh, flows of refugees coming to EU territory were not possible to be uh, absorbed and managed according to the present legal framework of uh, right of asylum or uh, uh, border control. So it was a, a, an urgent deal that uh, has a lot of problems is not uh, the best solution possible, of course, but uh, on the other hand, I have to say that uh, the EU must uh, establish agreements uh, with uh, the countries beyond our borders that are receiving the uh, big amounts of uh, refugees. Turkey, of course, where more than one million refugees are there, and probably around two million, but also Jordan, Lebanon, and other countries. And uh, from the uh, point of view of the southern border of Europe, there is also a big challenge because uh, Libya is a complete failed state and uh, they are not able to control the migration flows or, the, in some cases, refugee flows coming from the uh, African continent to the south of Europe. So it's a very, very uh, challenging time, very difficult solutions, and Europe was not prepared for these uh, flows were uh, unexpected, but uh, I hope that in the coming uh, uh, months and years, more and more the uh, really effective solutions will substitute the present urgent uh, deals that are not at all satisfactory. There is some rise of populism and also some nationalist parties across the Europe. Mm -hmm. So do you see it's a, it's a kind of a problem? and? Why do you see? Why do you think well, this, yeah. this emerges in Europe? It's a problem uh, in Europe, but it's not only Europe who has this problem. Here, <laughs> we are in, in the U.S. Uh, uh, looking at the uh, presidential campaign, and Trump is not precisely an orthodox politician. He's a clearly populist. Uh, 
guy that uh, is the uh, most supported candidate within the Republican side. Uh, if you look at uh, Russia, of course, uh, Putin is uh, a populist and probably not a Democrat. <laughs> Uh, if you look at other uh, countries in the world, you can also find populism in Latin America or in, in, other, in other areas. So populism is uh, uh, one problem that is not only a European one. For Europe it's uh, particularly important because uh, for the European integration, or from the European integration point of view, all the populists, be it uh, from the right side, from the left side, uh, be it more or less xenophobic, all of them have a common uh, factor that are anti-European. So the existence of populism means that uh, in some countries 20%, in some others 15%, in some others uh, 10% of the uh, parliamentary seats are occupied by anti-European politicians. And why do you think this happens? Right, I mean, over this <coughs> period of time? Well, I think uh, here in the US, in Europe, uh, in other parts of the world, Latin America, as I said, and, and other parts, there is a reaction against the establishment, against the elites. Because uh, in this uh, global world, and with the tensions not only coming from the globalization, but also because of an accelerated technological change, because the uh, difficulty to uh, pass uh, political messages on rational terms through social media, where you have to uh, condensate a rational message in 140-something uh, words, is more simple for populistic to pass their messages than to uh, the traditional uh, uh, politicians. And this creates a big opportunity for all those who can uh, attack, criticize, uh, attack the establishment, the elites, the mainstream parties, with simplistic arguments. So, uh, of course, uh, there are many things that need to be fixed in our democracies. They are many things that had to be uh, eliminated. Tax havens, for instance, we are looking to, in these days, the big impact of the Panama Papers. We need to fight against corruption. We need to uh, uh, put more emphasis in the uh, results, in the outcome of uh, policies put in place from the economic point of view, from the social point of view, we need to show how it's possible to tackle inequalities that are growing in most of the world. But uh, to do this uh, huge task uh, based on the rational messages is not easy. It was easier maybe in the past with uh, the traditional ideologies that uh, split the electorate into very clear-cut camps. The social democratic parties, uh, we were based on the working class constituency. The conservative parties had the richest part of the society. The Christian Democrats had the middle class uh, bourgeoisie. Now these uh, borders uh, within the electorates are uh, disappearing. It's more difficult to have a, a stable constituency for the traditional parties, and it's very difficult without this more stable constituency to fight against uh, simplistic arguments, demagogical uh, uh, arguments and, and all this. So we are living in a very, very uh, difficult times, but at the same time there are challenging times because we have a lot of opportunities to readapt 
our societies to the new world, to the new challenges, to, to the new opportunities offered by uh, technologies, to the new opportunities offered by uh, global markets or uh, for the uh, possibility to build uh, societies on the one hand uh, cohesive from the social point of view but at the same time that will have respect for diversity, for uh, people coming from different origins, with different beliefs, with different races. So I think it's a good time for politicians, but at the same time it's a difficult time for politicians in Europe. But I insist, not only in Europe. The, the additional element in Europe is that we need to preserve and, if possible, to deepen the European integration. And it's a, a, a double task that uh, politicians in other parts of the world uh, should not take care of. How do you assess participation of European citizens in decision-making processes at European level? Well, it's different in, in different areas of uh, policies because the competences of the European institutions are not the same. If uh, you uh, look at the external affairs, uh, most of the decisions require unanimity because uh, are based on national competences, on national sovereignty, still now. An economic uh, policy within the euro area, within the Economic and Monetary Union, a lot of things had been uh, integrated or are being integrated. In this case, in all these areas where uh, integration has advanced and where important decisions, relevant decisions, are adopted at the EU level, the question is uh, who is accountable for? What is the accountability of the Commission? That is not an elected body but the Commission is accountable before the European Parliament. That is an elected body, directly elected by European citizens. But not all the decisions adopted at the EU level are based on the community method, initiatives uh, coming from the Commission, and decisions uh, adopted by the European Parliament, co-deciding with the Council, with the, with the governments of the Member States. Some decisions are adopted exclusively by Member States when they... Uh, uh, met at the European Council level, the head of state and government, and where the Council of uh, Ministers of Interior or Economic Affairs or Agriculture uh, uh, adopt uh, decisions. In this case, the accountability is uh, a little bit confused because the European Parliament is not able to provide uh, democratic control to all the decisions that are adopted and because national governments that are accountable before their respective national parliaments can uh, play the game of blaming the others. They adopt decisions in co-decision with their colleagues at the EU level, with the other governments of the other uh, member states, but the outcome that was decided by them is uh, described as a responsibility of the EU, as if they were not part of the EU. So this confusion, this blame game, against uh, Brussels is, uh, creates the, the feeling in the, in the citizens that the decisions adopted at the EU level, or many decisions adopted at the EU level, are not under their democratic control. And uh, this is true in some cases. So governance and the democratic uh, accountability should indeed uh, advance and, and be, be reorganized and improved. But in many occasions, this accountability exists in theory, but those who are accountable uh, looked uh, at the, the others to blame, uh, uh, to, to pass on the responsibilities. And the citizens have the feeling that uh, the EU decisions, or many EU decisions, 
are not based on democratic principles. And, and this is a very, very difficult thing because uh, national identities are still very strong in Europe. And for national governments, it's quite easy to play national identities against uh, European uh, institutions and to play the democratic way to adopt decisions at the national level with the undemocratic way that they consider the EU has. But uh, the EU has the decision-making processes that the governments and the member states have decided. So it's up to the member states to improve the way the EU functions. It's uh, up to the member states, to the heads of state and government and to their national governments to readapt the European rules, even the European treaties, to improve the democratic quality of uh, EU decision-making process and functioning, because more and more uh, decisions need to be ad adopted at the EU level. We, we talked before about the refugees crisis. The refugees crisis cannot be dealt from the European point of view based on national decisions, playing the game one country against the other, one member state against the other. This is terrible. So we need to advance in the European integration and these advancements, now that we are touching issues that are very, very close to the core of national sovereignty in the traditional uh, way, uh, require uh, improved democratic governments, improved democratic accountability. Hmm. How do you see, you spoke about integration, how do you see the further development of European integration? How, it's gonna, how, it, how will it look? Well, it's, uh, it's not easy to describe uh, what will be the the looked the look of the European Union uh, in the next uh, 20 years is very difficult. Uh, if we uh, uh, have to answer this question one year before the economic crisis in 2006, 2007, it would be impossible. It would have been impossible to answer in 2016 the uh, euro area, the Economic and Monetary Union, will have a single supervisor for banks, they have a European uh, mechanism to stabilize countries, the ECB will uh, uh, provide uh, quantitative easing in the way he's doing so during these years, and so on. So so it's very difficult. Europe has to deal with the challenges, with the problems that are on the table, and has to find decisions. But uh, it's not possible to anticipate uh, uh, now what will be the uh, landscape in the European institutional uh, 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 at the European institutional level in 20 years. What I can see, what I can see is a more integrated Europe, hmm? probably in the uh, field of uh, uh, free movement of labor, free movement of citizens, uh, border control, uh, guarantees for human rights, guarantees for refugees, for asylum uh, rights. I can see it. I can see a more integrated immigration policy at the EU level. I can see uh, an economic and monetary union with uh, more instruments, with a, a, an improved toolbox to deal with economic challenges of the euro area. I can see a uh, uh, more integrated single market for energy, for digital uh, economy, uh, capital markets union. I think all these challenges uh, will be realities in, in 20 years. but. Uh, Maybe I am wrong. I hope I am not. <laughs> Is there anything, because all the, all with, we talk about, we basically want to foster this conversation about future of Europe, mm -hmm. future of the European Union. 
Is there anything I didn't ask you about, but you are very much what you want to tell us about? Well, I think the key issue is uh, how to find uh, the way to pass the message to the Europeans, to the European citizens, to the European voters, about the limits of national sovereignties in the present world, at least from the European perspective. If you look at the uh, map of the world, you can see the uh, United States is a big country, you can see China, of course, you can see Russia, you can see Brazil, you can see Indonesia, you can see uh, Nigeria, you can see big countries with a, a good uh, uh, demographic dynamic, with economies growing uh, above the, the average of the, of the EU or above uh, the average of uh, the industrialized countries, that you can be sure that in, uh, in the next uh, couple of decades will be much powerful in relative terms than they are now. In Europe, you can see the opposite. Unless Europe pushes for uh, further integration, a more ambitious integration in some areas, the fragmentation of the European territory into member states, even taking into account uh, big member states, as Germany or the UK or France, but all of them, even the biggest ones at the European level, will be much less relevant at the global level. And this will uh, affect not only our economic future, this will not uh, have consequences of our influence uh, across the world, this will have consequences about the confidence of uh, the European citizens in the European institutions, in the, in the democratic institutions of Europe. If democracies at the national level are not delivering because they are not able to deliver, or we pass the message that the uh, European integration is the solution to some of our problems, or we will lose uh, all our opportunities. listening to the EU Futures Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University, funded by a Getting to Know Europe grant from the European Commission delegation in Washington, D.C.